Latin cinema. I am one half of your holly jolly sociopaths, John. And I'm your other half, Matt. Yeah. And Merry Christmas. Merry shitcorn. Happy birthday. As Jack, not Jack Frost, not but, Jack uh, Frost, but <laughs> Frosty the Snowman would say. We have a very special episode today. Yeah, this is our, it's two parts. It's our Christmas Spectacular, and mm. it's the last show of the year. Yes. And it could come out on Christmas, or it could just come out before what? Christmas. Depends on what I feel like. But either way, you can listen to this on Christmas and enjoy. Also, something else. Um, coming up in like February and March will be a one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary of Sukun Junami. That's kind of crazy. I should have just left the lid off my water. Yeah, you probably should have. <laughs> So, as we said, this is our Christmas special, but before we get into that, as always on the top of the show, hit us up at sickoncinema at gmail.com. Hit us up at sickoncinema at twitter.com, Instagram. At twitter.com? At sickoncinema on Twitter. (laughs) You gotta give me a break. I literally just woke up. And sickoncinema on Instagram and Facebook as well. I goofed. And, of course, you can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, rate, review. If you wouldn't mind. Yes. We're going to keep doing this until we get a big audience. <laughs> it may take many years, but we will do this. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this until we at least run out of movies. True. <laughs> so, yes, today is the Christmas special. Have hey. yourselves a merry little Christmas. And what are the movies we're covering here, John? We are going to be covering the sle- our first Sleazebox title. Oh, yes. Cannibal Claws. We will be covering the 80s produced by the guys who did Pieces. Little Jim, Don't Open Till Christmas. (laughs) A Christmas classic with Jack Frost and a little known one named Homesick. So that's going to be fun. But before we get into that, let's just talk about Christmas horror in general. Yes. It's one of my absolute favorite subgenres of movies. Yeah, um... Most more recently, I've been watching more of those because we've had a chance to watch them all together. Yeah, and it's so fun. It's surprisingly like how many really good ones there is. Oh yeah, like even like the bad ones are kind of good. Sonic Daily Night Two. Sonic Daily Night Two. Garbage Day. Sonic Daily Night Three. <laughs> I feel like next year we do have to cover at least one of those. We could do the whole, the whole franchise. like next Christmas just do the whole franchise. Oh Sonic Daily Night One through Five. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, but yeah, like Christmas Evil, Sonic Deadly Night, um, To All a Good Night, mm-hmm. newer ones like Krampus and Better Watch Out. Yeah, Krampus is, is fun. I can see it in theaters. Me too. And it's batshit crazy. Like these are all like like just this year I watched Better Watch Out at the Knoxville Horror Film Festival <laughs> in like October. In October, however, it was. A really fun Christmas horror movie. Yeah. You know, and it kind of takes a weird, nasty, disturbing little turn, so maybe one day down the road we can... Cover it as well. Yeah, you know, so... it's all... a lot of movies down there that we could cover. Oh, yeah. Definitely Game of Death will be one that <laughs> for sure. Um, But, man, I don't know. It's just something about Christmas horror that just, like, works. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there is shitty ones. You know, there's really bad Christmas horror movies, but... Yeah, of course. I mean... That's like with Halloween movies as well. Same thing, yeah. But I don't know what it is about Christmas horror and why I, I enjoy it so much. 
because none of them are necessarily the same because you have things like Christmas Evil and Silent Night, Daily Night, where it's these people who become Santa Claus. Yes. In like a demented, twisted kind of way. <laughs> and then you have a movie like Santa's Sleigh with Bill Goldberg, <laughs> where he is Santa Claus. That movie is way too fun. And then you have horror movies like Black Christmas and Homesick that just kind of take place on Christmas, but the yeah. Christmas is only like a background thing. So none of these movies necessarily are like, you know, a similar <laughs> format, but for some reason they just, they work and it sets a mood Almost better than any other like holiday horror movie, you know what I mean? It's, this is true. Um, I think. Well, okay, what's your favorite before we get into this? Uh, Christmas Evil. Christmas Evil. Yeah, for sure, Christmas Evil. I'm not sure for me if it's Christmas Christmas Evil or Black Christmas. Yeah, because both of those are very good movies, though. Yeah. Um, Christmas Evil to me is just like, at one point, I feel like it was a movie that we could easily have talked about on here. Oh yeah. As far as like an underground, little known movie, but it's really blowed up. Yeah, like it's really it finally, you know, after many years, finally started getting some traction. And Critic Christmas Evil is such a fun movie. Yeah, the first time I had watched it was the Synapse Films release of it. Yeah, which even then it took it, you know, it it took like then Dead Pit interviewed the the director. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, Dead Pit interviewed the director. And it was starting to build some traction. But then, like, this year, like, Cavity Colors is putting out Christmas Evil shirts. Oh, yeah. The Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray has been out for a little bit now. Huh. You know, and it's, like, it's really started building a really popular cult following. Deservedly so, because if oh, you've yeah. never seen Christmas Evil, that's the one I would check out the most. It's so fun. It's a great movie. It's like Taxi Driver, but with a guy that <laughs> wants to be Santa Claus. But we're not reviewing Christmas Evil. We're reviewing something else. But... That to me is like that's not just my favorite uh, Christmas horror movie. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Oh yeah! Like no movie gets me in the Christmas spirit more than Christmas Evil. Like, hey, you better watch out. I mean, my favorite, my favorite Christmas story. Yeah, my favorite Christmas movie is a Christmas Christmas story. story for sure. I mean, it's it's a classic. And the thing that's fun to me about Christmas horror, because I'm not a big Christmas movie fan. Like I do like Christmas Story, and of course yeah. it's a better, it's a Wonderful Life, and you know these classics. Uh, but. You know, working in retail, it's easy to absolutely hate Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you I'm to put out all the Christmas stuff before Halloween. Well, not just that, but I'm constantly bombarded with assholes buying Christmas stuff. Mm. So it's easy for me to just sit down and be like, man, I hate Christmas. this. But when I pop in Cyanide Daily Night or Christmas Evil or Jack Frost, it just warms my heart, <laughs> you know, in a weird way. It kind of makes me like, you know what? I do like Christmas. I mean, Christmas is fun, Danny, unless you're working retail. Yeah, retail is a nightmare in the Christmas season. If you're working really anywhere that either sells or supports like Christmas, then you're going to hate Christmas. Yeah. But that's the fun of these movies. So, that's a little touching on Christmas horror. And one day, you know, I'm sure every year we'll pick out, you know, maybe we will do the whole Sign Out Daily Night series. That would be fun. But so we could also do like this, like pick out a couple little known Christmas horror movies and throw in one of the big hitters like Christmas Evil and Silent Night, Daily Night. Yeah. Like we did with this one, which I think the heavy hitter this year is still a little lesser known than mm-hmm. some of the other ones. But we'll get into that. So let's let's pop in to our first of many Christmas films as we discussed from 2016, just last year. Wow. That's one of the the newer Christmas horror movies. That I would recommend. I saw three around this time, Jeez. which would be Cannibal Claws, 
Red Christmas, and then this year, you better watch out. Um, and last year, it was just Red Christmas and this, and to me, this is a much better movie than Red Christmas. Okay. Even though Red Christmas is a bigger budgeted film, mm-hmm. it had some massive problems to me. Some people really like it, though. But this is 20,000... 20,000... 20,000... 20,000... 20,000... has arrived. From the box. <laughs> the Demolition I believe it's directed by... Sean Donahue, I will look that up as you give us the name of the movie. Uh, Cannibal Claws? Cannibal yeah. Claws. Now, if you've never... <laughs> the most recent movie ever, god dang... <laughs> yeah. I'm an idiot. All right. Cannibal Claws, the thing... If you've never heard of the sleaze box, <laughs> um, oh, You're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah, you're in for a treat. It, it is... The, the title pretty much sums up what they do perfectly. It is just... Yeah, Sean Donahue, by the way. Sean Donahue. Box brings you just sleazy exploitation films. Yes. Um, Sean Donahue and I believe Chris Woods are the two guys behind <laughs> it, and they kind of go back and forth, as well as they kind of put out, like, other independent films as well sometimes. Yeah, yes. Like uh, St- uh, Stockholm Syndrome was one of their releases this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've brought you such things as Die Die Delta Pi, Death Scorch Service, Chaos AD, American Holocaust, and this was their foray into Christmas film with Cannibal Claw starring Bob Glazer. First off, Bob Glazer is a fucking legend. Bob Glazer is a legend, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, they're out of Florida, I should say <laughs> yeah. that as well. Can I please say my favorite quote from this movie? Go for it. It says, why don't you jingle these balls, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) So the plot of this film is you follow Bob Glazer, who is this small Santa Claus. Yes. Who is fired. (laughs) And he's mad. (laughs) That seems weird. It is weird. We'll get into that. Um, He's mad about it. And he goes home. (laughs) so, but. And he starts having these memories of his youth. Of Christmas Day being forced to eat this meat that he didn't want to eat. Meat. Which is another weird thing. That's all weird things. And this is when we learn that this Santa Claus is actually a cannibal. Ooh. And being fired has opened up his inner rage. And he begins a killing spree around town. Taking everybody out and eating them. And that's the that's the plot of that's Cannibal Claus. <laughs> I mean, that was a ton of sleaze in this movie. Yeah, well, sleaze, that's what Sleazebox does, man. Their their movies are filled to the brim with nudity and gore and exploitation, you know. These are modern-day 42nd Street movies, basically. <laughs> so, what did you think of The Cannibal Clouds? It's a very fun movie. Yes. But, I mean, my only real complaint with it, I feel like it does need a recut. I would agree. Because... There's scenes that drag on forever. Yeah. And there's scenes that could have been removed in its entirety. Yeah. But, I mean, I can see why they did. Yeah, the movie is an hour and six minutes. In all honesty, it could be cut down to, like, 50 minutes. Yeah. Because there's there's certain scenes in the film, which, like we said, Sleazebox is known for its nudity and its graphicness, you know. However, those movies are nudity for the sake of nudity and sleaze, where yes. a lot of times the nudity in this movie is nudity for the sake of time, it feels like. I mean, normally, in a lot of these movies, I don't complain about sleaze. Mm-hmm. 
But god dang, when you have like a thirty minute scene. Well, there's no thirty minute well, scene. Yeah, really. but but there is like like, like you get like four minute strip scene. Yeah. Like a two minute lap dance scene. Then you get a funny dream sequence, and then the very next scene is like a seven minute lesbian shower scene, and it's like this is just taking forever to get anywhere. Yeah. It really like it it's not like sleaze. In the fact of what it's like, ooh, it's just grimy and nasty and mm. fun. It's like, I get it. They're naked. Can we move on from this? They're now? still naked, yes. Where is Bob Glazer? <laughs> like, was he even here? I feel like if you added up all this, the, the sleaze scenes, you get less of Bob Glazer than you do. Yeah. But, oh my God. Another one of my favorite scenes in this movie is the, le- the lesbians when they're in the shower. Yeah. And then he comes in and just pulls the curtain and says, Merry Christmas. He's like, we don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> it's like, like you would even say that <laughs> as a response. And it's not just the sleaze scenes, too. Like, at the very end of the movie when he's eating oh, this God. meat. Like, that scene is so long. It, I, I, don't, I didn't, like, calculate how long it was. Of course, because, you know, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't do shit like that because that's more time than we than Yeah, we I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> and But it feels like at least, like, Seven minutes. It's long. Eating and cooking this meat. It's so like, long, and you easily could. There's like a montage in the movie. <laughs> yeah, a and montage. You, and you could have just added that stuff into it. Yeah, that could have been at the very end if you wanted it to, but. Uh. But to not be negative, there's actually a lot of positives in this movie oh, as well. Yeah, of course. Like you said, first of all, Bob Glazer. This guy is fantastic as the Cannibal Claus. Bob Glazer should just have his own series of movies where he's a Santa Claus who's crazy. Yeah, I would love to see Cannibal Claus too. You know, oh yeah, or him just again, just going around, <laughs> oh oh oh, killing people, dropping one-liners, being nuts, and that's what Bob Glazer is really good at. Bob Glazer's a, a, a sleaze box regular. Oh really? Yeah, and this to me is his best movie as far as his performance goes. Because he's just he's he gets to shine and everywhere from you know just being this weirdo guy who just likes tits and eat people and that's the best thing ever. It's just so funny. <laughs> but the, my favorite part about this entire movie is the the one liners. The one liners, yeah, they're so good. Merry Christmas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you dig on these balls, bitch? That's still my favorite one. There's so many like odd little choices in it too that like feel like I don't know. It feels like almost like Bob Glazer was like, "What if I did this?" And they're like, "Yeah, do it." Like for <laughs> instance, when he gets fired, he's like, "Oh, you want to fire me? Well, watch this." And he like untucks his beard, <laughs> like because he had his beard tucked into his Santa Claus outfit. Yeah, and he has he has a longer beard, and he's like, "There you go." There's the real me, and he like fluffs his beard at him. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Santa Claus has a long white beard. Like, <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> I mean, know? I guess I can see what it was trying to be because it was like they didn't want him to show his entire beard while he was on the job. Yeah, but I mean, also I would say that like this office is clearly someone's like desk uh, like, room, like home office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's well, clearly he's also living like not a mall. He's living a strip mall when he goes to yeah. his car. But. Oh, God. But that scene to me is just like such an odd choice, but it's funny. Like it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> or when he's like, you know, they only say you're you're only as good as you taste, the rot. And <laughs> I'm has, like, what? <laughs> like, like, he has no debate about it. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he didn't add anything to it or nothing. But <laughs> it's just so funny. And his backstory, like I, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it's also is. I, I think it's supposed to be funny. I think it's supposed to be a, a blend of you know, 
kind of disturbing as yeah. well as humor. Because, I mean, you can't have a scene with two people being like, eat, 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 <laughs> and it not be kind of funny, you know? And the looks of the kid's face are The kid amazing. actually does a really good yeah. job. Like, he opens the, the present. He's like, the end. <laughs> he looks inside, he's like, oh, what is it? <laughs> it's so good. And the dad is, like, super, like, dry and stiff. Yeah. But to a benefit, because oh, it yeah, creates, yeah. like, this weird tone. That I like a lot. He looks familiar. He's probably been in something else, I'm sure. He's probably been in more Sleazebox movies and stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, the color, like, Donahue does care about lighting in his movie, I find. Like, even yeah. though sometimes I, t- I have issues with the Sleazebox's direction of certain things, this movie's well lit. <laughs> lit. <laughs> lit. <laughs> Like, the scene when he's, like, sitting down, like, after he first gets fired, and there's this great juxtaposition of, like, green and red colors. Oh, yeah. Where, like, he's, like, red, but then, like, there's under-sliding of, like, green and stuff. Oh, of course. And those shots look really, really good. And also something I like to, to point out, like, I feel like a lot of independent directors feel like they have to make the hour mark. Yeah. And... D- D- Dustin Mills has it right. If you don't make an hour, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, yeah. There's no point padding out the movie to make a feature-length film. Yeah. And and that's oh, where this movie suffers, honestly. Mm. And like I said, like I'm all for copious amounts of <laughs> nudity and sleaziness, but when it's there to stretch the movie, it becomes... It takes what could have been an awesome 50-minute short film and stretches it out to an hour and six minute feature length oh, yeah. that drags at points. Oh, I mean, I just wanted so much more Bob Glazer. He's well, so good. <laughs> you could never want more. You could never have too much Bob Glazer. That's the thing. <laughs> Perfect so example good. of like what we're talking about. There's a scene where he kills someone, shoots him, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, that scene's great too because she like grabs a weapon <laughs> and he's just like. Poof. He's <laughs> like, you picked the wrong house, Santa, and he's just like, boom. Yeah, just shoots her. That's just it. But like then he like sticks a um a uh he penetrates her with a candy cane. Yeah, sticks a candy cane up in her vagina and then licks it, right? I think that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Because that's such a sleazy thing to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, that don't taste too bad. <laughs> he does it three more times. Yeah, but then he does it like three or four more times and it's like we only needed one. <laughs> like it, one was good. <laughs> it worked. The the gag worked. It was funny. <laughs> After after the after the first one, it just becomes like okay, now you, this could have been cut. You could have cut this. I mean, another way you could have done it, like if you wanted to keep this in and to build more time in your movie, you could have shown like Bob Glazer trying to get into the house while this is happening. Yeah, yeah. So you, he just appeared, like ho ho ho, bitch. Yeah, like he's not in that scene at all. Like they're just in the shower, like rubbing each other. Yeah, I, soaping each other's asses. Which is like I said, like as a straight male, I don't mind. But at the same time, it's like you start being like. Where's this going? <laughs> and he just shows up. It's yeah. like Merry Christmas. Like we don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in the movie, honestly, is he goes and gets a lap dance. <laughs> oh yeah. And he falls asleep during lap dance, which is funny <laughs> in its own right. But then he has this bizarre ass dream where he's actually Santa Claus and he's being interviewed on the news. <sighs> yeah. With, with these two like elf girls. Yeah. It's just the weirdest scene. Like, it just comes out of nowhere. And honestly, it's not needed. It comes straight out of left field. Like, you could easily cut that scene out, and it would not have mattered. But there's something so fun about Bob Glazer, like, not being crazy. 
<laughs> like just playing it straightforward. He's like, "Do you think you're gonna run into any turbulence tonight, Santa Claus?" and stuff like that. And he's like, "Well, you know, it it could be a roughing, but with my L's, we're gonna get this done." And I, oh, what are you gonna do? I'm planning on going down to the Bahamas after, <laughs> you know. Like, well, I've heard things about that scene. He's like, "What happens if you something bad happens over there tonight?" He's like, "I tell you what, I, I'll tell you this: sledding." Isn't a sport. It's a way of life. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> it's so weird. Like, the whole scene is so weird. But I loved it. I was like, this yeah. scene is so good. It's 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 so fun. And, like, Bob Glazer's weird little dances he does. <laughs> yeah, like, in the montage with him and the, the stripper. Yeah. yeah it's... So good. Bob Glazer's the man. I want to meet Bob Glazer. I do, too. I want to shake Bob Glazer's hand. I'd be like, you're, you're awesome. Oh, another thing we got to mention with this movie that's just another weird-ass random scene, is when he becomes Cannibal Claws. He takes out his dentures, right? And he puts on the nastiest pair. Yeah, and he puts in, like, these weird, like, funked-up dentures. When, <laughs> I, Like, when I first watched it, I thought they were, like, gnarled teeth. Yeah. But they're just grimy dentures. They're just, like, dirty. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> it's just, like, that's such a weird thing, too. It's like, why did you put that in your mouth? But it, overall, you know, Cannibal Claws is definitely worth a watch. Oh, yeah. You just got to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the only hindrance in this movie is that they, I feel like they, the way they padded out the movie. They drug, some things drag on a bit too long. Yeah, and as I said, it probably needs a recut. Yeah. But besides that, it's it's fun. When it's good, it's good. Oh, of course. And, you know, I support the box. I pick up almost all of their new releases. I haven't got Death Court Service 2 yet, which I do want to get. Because I, <laughs> I like Death Court Service. I thought it was a really fun movie. So, you know, support the box. Show them some love. They make some fun movies. Don't take them too seriously, you know. They're just there to have a good time. And make some weird, sleazy, nasty movies. So... Let me see if I wrote down any quotes there. Okay. Okay. Ben, why didn't I write any more down, notes down? <laughs> oh, there's so many quotes I could have wrote down, I but know. I didn't. But yeah. That is 2016's Cannibal Claws. Go check it out. <laughs> the quotes are the best part. From That's... weird to weird. <laughs> yeah. 1984. <laughs> A few years before this, these people would bring us one of the most bizarre slashers to come out of anywhere. But especially Italy. Like, Italy, like, wasn't necessarily slasher-driven. They were more giallo. Yeah. It does have its fair share of slashers as well. Um, And Pieces is one of the absolute most bizarre movies it's ever conceived. so fun, though. Like, it's it's considered so bad it's good, but, like, it goes beyond that. It transcends so bad it's good and to the point where it's, like, it's just... The, the decision-making in that movie is truly one of the most... Bizarre. Yeah, that I've ever seen in a film ever. And, and this movie... is not much different. <laughs> stray much further from that. No, it's a little less weird. It's a little less head-scratching. Like I'm doing right now? Yeah. Um, but from the same producers and, I believe, writer as well, I think the only difference is the director, mm. we get 1984's Don't Open... Christmas. This movie is insane. So, the plot of this movie is basically we have a maniac who is on the loose and he kills Santa Clauses. <laughs> so, you have mall Santas, you got you, you like your Santas that go to party, you got your Santas on the corner ringing the bells for charity. None of them are safe. He's killing them all. If you're wearing that red and white suit, you, you're in danger. 
And uh, we have uh, two detectives who are trying to solve the case, as well as a daughter of one of those Santas that was killed. <laughs> and they're all trying to figure out who is the Santa Claus Slayer. This movie is absolutely bizarre. It's a weird one as well. And it mainly comes down to just, like... The decision-making? The decision-making, yeah. Because, like, the film consists of uh, a guy killing Santa Clauses, detective work, but when we go to the scenes with the the daughter of the first Santa Claus that's killed, or not the first, but one of the first Santa Clauses that's killed, it just doesn't feel like it has anything to do with the movie. Also, there's points in this movie where the way they shoot the scene at first... At first, makes it look really creepy. Yeah, why it actually works, and then they just keep doing it. They do something weird. Like that's the that's the thing about this movie. <laughs> they do something weird. That should be the tagline for "Don't Open Till Christmas." <laughs> tagline "Don't Open Don't Open Till Christmas" is this is weird. They do something weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. But there are so many like scenes in this movie that really stick out <sighs> as just like you just don't see this stuff usually. <laughs> there's a there's a <laughs> there's a scene where the guy the killer is dressed as a shrunken head, uh, and he just like chucks this spear at one of the Santa Clauses. <laughs> yeah, that scene is awesome. Um, there's the weird scene where the the guy runs into one of the Santa Clauses run into a dog, and there's all <laughs> this tension building with this dog getting closer, and then the very next scene he just like walks out of the alleyway like nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> it's like. Um, Excuse uh, me? <laughs> did, did the dog just be like, eh, I don't care. Just um, walk away. The most famous scene in this movie has to be when he knocks over the Santa Claus onto the, like, this grill. He's making roasted chestnuts <laughs> on the street, right? Yeah. And he no- <laughs> he knocks this dude over, and in this really good, quick cut, the Santa Claus just bursts into flames. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's so awesome. Like, it's one of the most bizarre, like, cuts. But I don't think it, that's the most iconic scene in this movie. Well, the most iconic scene <laughs> in the movie is the end, but we don't want to give that away because... Oh, man. It kind of sucks because I wanted to talk about it. I know. It's but so let's just say it this way. At the very end of Pieces, there's a super famous <laughs> what-the-hell moment. This one... Has the... Maybe not quite as what-the-hell. Yeah. But... The way it's done and the way it's edited and the way it's shot, it's up there as one of the biggest huh endings of all time. <laughs> like, it just happens, and you're just like, oh, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard when I saw it. We watched it with a friend, Doug. Yes. Who was just like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, almost scarred by it. <laughs> it. It's a super, super fun movie. Oh, of course. But its biggest drawback to me is that, like, there's so many fun kills at the beginning of the movie. Like, the first half of the movie is littered with this guy just taking out Santa Claus's left, right, and center. Oh, of course, yeah. And then the second half of the movie becomes extremely police procedural driven. Mm-hmm. And it begins to drag at that <laughs> moment. It's, yeah. If they would have sprinkled yeah. those kills out a little better, you know... Maybe gave more air in between because there's plenty of scenes where like a kill happens, <laughs> we cut to a scene with the cops or the main characters, and then it's a kill. Cut back, kill. Cut back, kill. One you know, the weirdest scenes in the entire movie is when they go to that weird museum. Yeah, there's like a weird like torture museum that has real weapons in it for some reason. Yeah, yeah like I mean, 
I would say some museums would, but it'd be you know in an area where you can't get to them. Get to them, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just so odd. I'm like, of all the places that you this could happen at, yeah. It just has to be this one, but I and don't then know. the that kill doesn't go how you think it's gonna go either. No, it's <laughs> unexpected. It's straight out of left field. <laughs> um, ultimately, too, like another problem with this movie is that like there's no red herrings really. No, like there's a few, but honestly, like when the killer is first introduced before you know who he is, you're kind of like that's him. Yeah, you know, and there's never a moment where they're where you feel like they're solving it, where they're like, wait a minute, this person was here, you know, like, <laughs> like there's none of that. And then they're just, like, the police procedural stuff is just them being like, so he killed the Santa Claus. Yes. Like, as soon as I saw him with this mask on. You're like, I don't know who the killer is. Yeah, I was like, th- th- yeah, that's him. Yeah. What's his, what's there's his? no tension in trying to figure out who the killer is. And a lot of that, too, is because they don't try to throw you off at all. No. Like the like the police procedural stuff is so bizarre because like they're really not like solving anything. It's like watching like like a later Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's like yeah, you know, it's getting Jason. Yeah, but in this movie, you don't know who this person is. <laughs> and like two of the witnesses are like, his eyes seem to smile. Yeah, it's like like they would say the exact same thing, the exact same way. And not just that, but it's like, but what is, what does that? What does it mean? Like that doesn't throw me off at all. They had a smile behind their eyes. It's like, what? <laughs> if I, if I was like one of the the police guy, p- p- whatever policeman on the case, and they described that to me as the killer, I'm like, dog, what the f- you talking about? Yeah, th- th- this makes no sense. It, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then you see him and his eyes, and it's like weird, whatever. And it's like, there's nothing that rings a smile to me at all mm-hmm. so where this movie is strong is in the kills yeah and then the, just the random ass weird funny stuff <laughs> god I can't get the ending out of my head like unlike pieces where like at least in pieces like you're like okay this guy's the killer no 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 this guy's the killer <laughs> yeah and this one there's like there's one red herring who is the killer so he's not even a red herring he's just the killer yeah when they introduce him I'm like He's odd. Already. And they never do anything to make you, like, think there's another suspect, really. That's what I enjoy about Jollos, though. Like, how they throw you off constantly about who the killer is. Yeah. And then when it happens, like, ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Where in this one, it's just like, yeah, of course that's him. <laughs> he's, he's been, he acted weird from the very beginning. And then they give his backstory, and it's like, okay. This wasn't necessarily needed. No, but I, I'm not. I'm not going to be against it because it's very funny. It's very funny as well. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, this movie's fun. Wait, what year did this come out? 1984. 1984. When did Christmas Eve come out? Oh God, similar time, around the same time. For some reason, I feel like you watch Christmas Eve and you're like, okay, mm. this is a great idea for well. <laughs> So there's plenty of movies where killers are triggered by seeing Santa Claus <laughs> the choice of words there, do something sexual or violent, you know, because yeah, Silent yeah. Night, Daily Night, this movie, Christmas Evil, the like so they're all like the same thing basically when it comes oh, yeah. to the backstory, you know. Um, what are you looking oh, at there? Never mind. What are you looking at? Look, I was looking at that notebook over there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the movie is fun. It's very fun. 
like I said, it does drag a little bit in the second mm-hmm. half because the like they start doing some like police procedural stuff. But in the first half they throw like six kills at you. Back yeah, to back. it goes crazy in the first half of that movie. Yeah, it's like, like whoa, 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 whoa. There's just like, and they're all really good kills too. Mm-hmm. Like some maybe a little stronger than others, but all really fun. Oh, like if you don't really enjoy this movie, this movie, and you watch it, just stay to the ending. Yeah, you at least got to see the ending. Oh, it's so crazy. But um, this was put out by the mighty Mondo Macabro. Yeah, and they the little hype package for other releases. There were so many movies. I was like, we we gotta we gotta watch this. They are the kings of strange cinema. Like their whole thing is just finding like, lot most time movies from other countries that have never really seen the light of day, and putting them out and. They're putting out like Bollywood movies. Yeah, they put out some Bollywood stuff. Uh, the most famous release is Mystics in Bali. Did you um, know in India, I think they had like a Nightmare on Elm Street like remake. Yeah, I've heard of this. It's weird. <laughs> but so you know what you're going to get into when you get a Mono Macabre release. It's going to be weird. weird. <laughs> yeah, and this movie's no exception. Just bizarre. Like maybe not as weird as something like Mystics in Bali. <laughs> but just weird in its decision making and like its pacing and the kills and the plot. It's all just a head scratcher, but in the best way possible. <laughs> so I'm not gonna like extremely recommend don't open till Christmas. I'm not gonna be like give it like the, the Miss Forty Five double thumbs up thing. Oh no, but But I still really enjoy this movie. It's a, it's a movie that if you wanna watch it, get some friends together and watch it together. You're gonna enjoy it. I mean that, that's the same with the last movie as well. Yeah. Because, like, it's not going to get the Miss 45, you know, standing ovation. But what it's going to get is add this to your Christmas watch list. You know. Batman Tenet was really good, too. It was very good. That was random. Abel Ferreira. (laughs) So good. But, you know. And like I said, we don't really review movies as much as we just discuss the movies. Mm -hmm. And kind of give you recommendations on what to watch. So what I recommend you doing is he make you a nice list of movies that had signed the Daily Night and Christmas Evil and make all these. It, make a good na- naughty list. And add Don't Open Till Christmas on it because it's worth your time. <laughs> and you may like it and you may not like it. You may be like, this second half is boring as shit. <laughs> you take all the good Christmas movies and you put them on the good half of the Christmas list. And then you take all the bad movies and put them on the naughty list and you say, PUNISH! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put, boys, you raped everybody. You put Don't Open Till Christmas with like Santa Slay and shit like that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like That's your second rung. Christmas horror movies. Next year, I feel like we do have to come to Santa Slay. Santa Slay is immensely good time, but we'll be getting that another day. Yeah. Um. So that's Don't Open Till Christmas. We both give it uh, an approval. Yeah, it's fun. It's not great. It's not bad. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's just a movie to hang out with your friends and watch and like see the reactions to it. So there's certain thing movies that people consider guilty pleasures. <laughs> yes. Right? I don't like the term guilty pleasure, necessarily, because like if I like it, I like it. Yeah. I don't... And if I'm, I don't see it as like, oh, I'm ashamed that I like this. There's nothing I'm ashamed that I like. Mm-hmm. But I guess if I had a guilty pleasure movie, this next one would be one of my number, my top five guilty pleasure films. I don't even see this as a guilty pleasure movie. I just see it as a really fun movie. But we'll get into it. It's it's, it's as cheesy as cheesy can get. Oh yeah, and it's from 1997. Which we just watched a movie last night, not from 1995, called The Ice Cream Man. Yeah, oh, that movie's so fun. And, like, the 90s had these gems. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people, when they look at the 90s, they're like, 90s is the worst year 
for horror ever. No. And what the problem was, the horror movies were so few and far between that when you got a turd in there, it made it seem worse. The, you know, none of these were not the shittiest for horror movies. Instead, they were the shittiest for summer movies. It's true. From like I was watching Nostalgia Critic recently, and it was like. From 97 to 2001, summer movies were guaranteed to be garbage. Yeah. Because CGI was very popular, and they were like, ah, right, we got to make a bunch of disaster movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the thing what I'm saying is, like, there just, there wasn't a ton of horror movies in the 90s. No. Like, up until Scream, there wasn't a ton of horror movies. And then they came out, like, in... Clockwork, like, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of those were bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another reason why the 90s is kind of considered... But you also think about it like this, th- from... The late 70s, throughout the entire 80s, you get a shit ton of horror movies. Yeah. A lot of classics as well. So you kind of have to have your great times for horror, and you have to have some slow... <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to get at is, like, the problem is the, the the horror movies weren't coming out like they were in the 80s, like, time and time and time and time. So when you got a turd in there, it's like, god dang. <laughs> you know, when am I going to get another good horror movie? But when you really start to look at it, you have things like Candyman. Mm-hmm. Not breed. No. Um. Ice cream man. Ice cream man is so fun. Cemetery man. Oh, oh, cemetery man came out of this. Yeah, yeah, movie's fun as shit too. Uh, you know, of course you got like, and of course, scream some, but... some independent stuff like Manbot's Dog. Oh yeah, and <laughs> Singapore Sling and I haven't seen that. These cool movies that were coming out in the nineties that kind of got lost in the mix. And one of the ones that didn't get lost in the mix because it was a staple of the VHS era, um, but I think deserves to be recognized as one of the classics of especially the '90s cheese movement. Movies <laughs> like Doctor Giggles, Ice Cream Man, Leprechaun is none other than 1997's Jack Frost. This movie, it's kind of popular. It's because, kind of popular because I remember, I know it plays on TV quite a bit. It played on Shudder, not Shudder, but uh, well, I think it's Chiller. Like, Chiller, yeah, a lot before Chiller became dead ass. <laughs> Would you like to hear uh, my little introduction to this movie? Sure. Ever heard about it? I was at uh, movies. I was at like Blockbuster mm-hmm. around, I guess, around like Christmas, and I was very young. And I, re- I remember seeing a movie with the the cover art. I was like, oh, that looks cool. And of course, you know you know how my mother is. She was like, "Yeah, just grab it." So I remember watching a little bit of it. And I was like, "This is not what I thought it was." Yeah, it's way cheesier. No, no, I was really young, so this snowman terrified me. <laughs> I was like, "No, no, stop it!" See, Jack Frost was a movie that, like, every time I'd go to the video store, I would see it. I think that's why everybody was like, everybody <laughs> always saw that cover—the lenticular cover of the Happy Snowman—and then you move it into the bag. Snowman, right? Oh yeah, the famous cover. Vinegar Syndrome did it for their Blu-ray release, which is awesome. Um, so everybody remembered that cover, and I would always pick it up and be like, "Look at that! Look how cool that is!" <laughs> Never would rent it. Really? Never rented it. I did not watch Jack Frost all the way through until it was on Netflix. Many, 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 many moons later. That was so fast. Yeah. Thank you. Many, 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 many. But uh, I would always look at the cover, though. Mm. Like, look how cool this is! Look at look at that! <laughs> but I never would rent it. Um, and I think a lot of people might have had the same reaction. Reaction because it's a super famous cover. 
everybody remembers the Jack Frost VHS cover. It's like a snowy background. It says G- Jack Frost, and then it's got the lenticular snowman on it. I have a question hmm? before you finish. Um, was there two? Yeah, okay. was there two Jack Frost movies that came out back to back? Yes, there was Jack Frost and Jack Frost Two. Are you talking oh, about two? Yes. yes, there is a Jack Frost from nineteen ninety eight starring Michael Keaton. Is a snowman also? Yes, it's also about a snowman, but it is not the same snowman. Is it? Okay, hold on. Hold it's on. a kid's movie, or like a family film. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. About okay. a guy whose dad dies, and he comes back as a snowman. That's odd. Yeah, it's sad. Very sad movie. Not fun. Huh. Because I remember looking this up recently, and it showed the two movies back to back, and I was like, mm-hmm. why, why would they come out around the same time with the same title? 97 and 98, Jack Frost. Was the dad's name Jack Frost? Uh, I ain't watched that Michael Keaton I, I movie. Was say, I swear to God, if it is, <laughs> I think his band might have been called Jack Frost or something like that. Oh, okay, something like that. Um, so Jack Frost, what is Jack Frost about? It's about this serial killer. Yep, who's caught and during this, he's he's caught by this like small town cop. Yeah, and during transport they get into like this like crash. Yeah, and he's about to escape, and then like there's this whole thing where this like. Compression. This truck carrying this chemical. Yeah. Explodes. Yeah. And melts his ass. Melts him in. Yeah. Melts him down. Yep. And And then. then, Yeah. Go ahead. Then he comes back. Mm hmm. A snowman ass. His his DNA fuses with the snow. And he comes back as a snowman. And the kid of the cop who caught him puts his face and his nose and everything on him. And he becomes the mutant killer snowman who's bound for revenge on this cop in his town, Jack Frost. Yeah. Um, this movie, I wouldn't even consider this a guilty pleasure movie. Me neither. I don't have any guilty pleasure movies. I don't give a shit. This movie is in the same vein as a Santa sleigh mm-hmm. or Dome Until Christmas. Well, Dome Until Christmas was meant to be way serious, I think. Yeah, but now it's... Yeah, yeah. We're, I think Jack Frost and Santa sleigh, like, they're meant to be fun. They're not meant yeah. to be taken seriously. They're meant to just... They're meant to laugh at. They're not necessarily parody movies. They're not parodying anything. No. They're just goofy, fun movies that are meant to have a good time with. I think they got Goldberg on that. Yeah, movie. Goldberg, right? <laughs> but this movie, yeah, it's not meant to be taken as a serious horror movie. It's meant to have fun with. Yeah, it's meant to be a, just a, a good time. And that's what it is. I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. When people shit on movies that are just there to be fun, it kind of bothers me sometimes. Yeah, they're like, oh, these movies are cheesy. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. You dipshit. And I think there's a big difference between movies that back in the day that were meant to be cheesy and now. Mm. Like, now I think sometimes they're just way too ham-fisted. Mm-hmm. And they just try too hard. Where a movie like this, they're just like, we have a snowman. Let's make a movie about a snowman. And we know it's going to be dumb because that's what it is. I mean, that's like with the movie that came out very recently, Krampus. We rewatched it. There's a lot of scenes in this movie that are meant to be fun. Yeah. But, I mean, it also takes a lot of its stuff seriously as mm-hmm. well, like whenever Krampus does show up. Yeah. But that's the way you should go about it. See, the 90s had this wave of what I call one-line killers. <laughs> yes. It all stemmed from the later Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. You had oh, movies like Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles. You had movies like uh, Ice Cream Man. You had movies like The Leprechaun. Your ice cream. Yeah. Exactly. That's what these movies were. They were like, like 
Like, what are you? The world's most pissed off snow cone. <laughs> you know, like, it, it was, that's what these movies were. They were specifically designed for the killer to be the star. Mm-hmm. And some of them are successful, like Ice Cream Man and Jack Frost. And, you know, some of them don't work so much, like, to me, Dr. Giggles. <laughs> well. But it, it's it's just a good, it's just a good time. And, like, I love to watch it around this time of year. Because it just puts me in a in a in a good place. It makes me yeah. happy. <laughs> and it's got some great effects. Yeah, there's one scene in here that we're gonna have to discuss. Okay. The carrot rape scene. Yeah, that one's a bit odd. Yeah, it's like they have this like fun music over it. At the end of the day, this is still a rape. <laughs> yeah, they like this, like, Johnny be bad. <laughs> I mean, look, I get it. it's a snowman, but this is still happening. It's still not nice at all. Yeah. It's very odd, but... He smokes his pop afterwards. <laughs> I still don't understand how that works. I don't know. When the heat like, like melts you. I don't know. It's fun. No, don't read too much into it. The guy it, who plays Jack Frost is awesome. Oh, of course. He hams it up in every aspect, even when he's not the snowman, when he's just yeah. the regular dude. He's hamming it up, and he's he's so good. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, Jack Frost is a pretty damn convenient name to become a snowman. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody knows what they're doing. There's no weak performances. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows what they're making. And, like, some of the editing in this movie just cracks me up, too. Like, perfect example is when he smacks the woman's head into the ornaments. Oh, yeah. He's like, whoosh, 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 like, the way yeah, it's cut yeah, together. Like, the way it's cut together is just so good. I, I, I can't help but laugh out loud, like, every time. I'm like, it's so funny. You see, like, the hand, like, pro- I guess prosthetic? Yeah. Yeah, or a glove, whatever. Yeah, the snowman's hand. Yeah, and it just, like, smashed her face in the ornaments. And then it's, like, and all, it's like, quick so, cut. It's so goofy. It's so funny, yeah. And like this thing, like he constantly comes up with powers. Like he's like he's like Jack Frost is like playing with that kid who's like, "All right, I'm hitting you with a lightning bolt." No, I'm immune to lightning. I have this. Yeah, it's like Doug playing that one game the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of an inside joke, but like he can melt himself and reform. At one point, he can shoot uh, icicles. He like he is like the ultimate boss battle serial killer. Yeah, like you can't take this guy out. Like. And then this is a spoiler, but who cares? Because, you know. But eventually how they beat him is they dump him into a big truck of... Um, Antifreeze. And that scene is the funniest. Because this poor cop has to try to fight this, like, yeah. inanimate snowman. <laughs> and he's just like, ah! And he's jumping up and down in the thing. And like, oh, putting it around his neck. And <laughs> like, the only thing I can really think about while that scene was happening... I don't, I don't know if you've seen the video. It's I, I think I showed it to you. It's where... The preacher's been oh doing baptisms. God, yes, I know exactly what and you're he, talking like, about. He slams him into Yeah, he just jumps water. into the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. That's what reminded me because he's just like throwing me around. I was, I just get, all I could hear is, wake me up. <laughs> like, there's like a great yeah. scene where like he gets melted and like he reforms. <laughs> yeah. And he's all like messed up. And he's like, look at, look at me, mom, a Picasso. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> 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 like, it's so dumb, but it's so much fun at the same time. No. <sighs> And like I said, like I feel like, and it, there's still movies that come out that are meant to be silly and meant to be goofy that are yes. still really fun. Like, for example, something like Cannibal Claws, because it takes it. It doesn't. It's never making fun. Mm. I think that's where, like, when we get these like new slashers, right? And they're almost parodies of the slasher genre. It's not. It doesn't work because it doesn't have a heart to it. 
Mm-mm. It's not made by people who actually like what they're doing. It's made by people who just want to make fun of it. This is the kind of movie that I feel like the the writers behind it loved it, right? Yeah, I feel like they, of course, they loved it. But I feel like this is an idea that happened during a, a session of smoking that Kush. Well, possibly, but you know, <laughs> that's my thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. Where it's like. You see so many movies come out nowadays where it's like a throwback to 80s slashers, right? And you watch it, and it's constantly winking at you. and Yeah. You know, like, oh, ain't this why slashers are stupid? And you're like, no. like, <laughs> like that, You're missing the point. You're missing the point. Like, you know, I'm not what I would call a filmmaker. I make short films. Yeah. But I've had an idea for a short, for a movie a while. That's a, <laughs> that's an homage to shot on video slashers. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I was writing, when I'm writing the script for it, it's like I, I want to constantly make sure that I'm taking it seriously, even though it is a parody on the genre. I'm doing it out of nothing but love and just putting in the weird tropes that these movies have. Yeah, and that's what Jack Frost does. I'm not saying that I'm writing a movie as good as Jack Frost because that's not the case. But I mean, you say you're not a filmmaker, but you make short films. Well, yeah, but you know, they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting into that right now, but but you know what I'm saying like like to me like it was when I'm writing it it's just so important to not treat the audience as dumb. You yeah, don't be like, oh, isn't this cool? Woo. Like it's goofy and it's funny, but it's done because like what makes movies like Jack Frost and them is like yeah it's a stupid dumb movie, but it's done completely serious. Like they were trying to make a good movie. Mm. When you try to make a bad movie is when I think you go wrong. Like, because oh, yeah. Jack Frost is meant to be a fun, good movie. A movie that's also similar in the same vein that gets it right is the editor. The editor, absolutely. Which like, we will cover one day. Like, it is meant to be a good, funny movie that pays homage to some of the weirder aspects of these movies. Yeah. And I don't think Jack Frost is necessarily a parody, but it it is a movie that kind of came in at that time when all these one-line killers were becoming <laughs> yeah. immensely popular, you know? I mean, sometimes, like, when people don't understand when it comes to horror movies, sometimes you just need a movie that you're going to have fun with. Exactly. You don't need, not every movie you watch has to be a, I don't know, not every movie you watch has to, to be serious. Yeah. But, um, Jack is, Frost is just, it's just such a good time. It's just a yeah. fun movie. Like, there's so many scenes that I love. Like, I love when they, like... When he like they find out there's that dead body, Jack's <laughs> first kill, which is off camera. Yeah. But the way it's shot, it's like the camera is like on the back, and like you just see this guy's head like completely like bent back, and <laughs> the prosthetic is really cool looking, like this frozen face. Yeah. And like the chair's rocking, and he's like, "Jim, get your foot off the chair." He stops <laughs> rocking. <laughs> but like, there's some really fun um, camera choices, mm-hmm. and there's like. Like, you know, Jack Frost may be the most unmobile killer in film history. Like, he, he, like, he can't move, really. Like, I this mean, puppet he, he cannot, this it, puppet cannot, like, go. Oh, yeah, of course. So they're constantly finding ways for him to be menacing without having to, like, move this whole puppet. There's a lot of creative ideas. There is. Like, because he's a snowman. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, this is how he can transport without having to, like, walk. Yeah, because, yeah. melt down. And going to, like, doors and shit. It's like, well, that's pretty damn creative. And they do a really good job, like, because, like, they, you never really see them reform. No. But they do it in a way that that never matters. Mm-hmm. Because it easily could be, like, 
Aaron, you're trying to do this on a budget. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. But here's the one going the door, and you know that's supposed and to then be you're whoosh, And then he's back. Yeah. And he's like, look, Mama Picasso. <laughs> Which to <laughs> me is always the weirdest line in the movie. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I Yeah, I don't understand that. I sort of make sense of it, but now. There's a lot of one-liners in this movie that, like, are completely not snow or Christmas related at all. Yeah. Like, he gets hit with a truck at one point, and he goes flying, and he's like, I see your house from up here. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the Picasso one, like, like, yeah, like if this was, like, something, like, I guess, like, real that happened, he's like, hey, look up a Picasso, and no one laughs. He's like, ah, shit. Then <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, go scooting off. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous line is, the world's most pissed off snow cone. Yeah. What are you? The world's most pissed off snow cone. That's a great line. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Jack Frost is a good time. I love that movie. It, it gets a thumbs up for me, for yeah. sure. Uh, it goes on the top. Well, I just twitched, but I, but I think I just <laughs> struck out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last stick on cinema. <laughs> the last episode ever. The end of the year. So we go from, like, in like, I think Jack Frost is going to get its day. Oh, like, yeah. it's still kind of like, like, it's known, but I don't think a lot of people have actually watched it. I think they know the cover more than they know the movie. Mm-hmm. And just like Christmas Eve, I think one day it will get its legs and build a big cult following. <laughs> just like Jack Frost does not have legs. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the big problem is Jack Frost 2 came out, mm. Return of the Killer Mutant Snowman, and it is unwatchable. <sighs> First of all, it takes place in a tropical island. Well, at the end of the movie, remember he gets melted with the antifreeze. Oh, okay. He builds in this, like, new genetic. Mm-hmm. But so like, he's unsolvable now. Yeah. But the first one was shot on film. Oh, yeah. The second is... one shot on video. Mm. The budget for the first one wasn't very big. The second one's even smaller. <laughs> so some of the effects are really bad in the second one. I remember seeing like a wall effect. Yeah. It's no, yeah, it's bad. Bad. It's not a good movie. It, it It's bad in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack Frost 1 is where you, where you want to be at. Two never happened. Two never happened. And it's unfortunately, there's no good Jack Frost too. You know, and maybe one day. I one don't day, know. don't watch the Michael Keaton movie. Oh. Don't get confused. <laughs> I remember when it was out of print, man. Like I was looking for that DVD forever online because I love Jack Frost. And I was like, oh, God, I want Jack Frost, but I couldn't. Like, there was a double feature DVD that was available, mm-hmm. but went out of print. And I would be like Jack Frost, and I'd find one. Oh, this is this one's pretty cheap. And I click it, and it would be the damn Michael Keaton movie. I'm like, son of a bitch! <laughs> like, I don't want Michael Keaton. Give <laughs> me the real Jack Frost. I want the old Jack Frost. Straight from the old Jack Frost. <laughs> the, the old Jack Frost. I don't know. <laughs> Straight from the snow, Jack Frost. There you go. That would have been better. I blew that one pretty hard. <laughs> um, we're going to our final movie, which is a bonus because when we announced. Oh yeah, this episode we did not add. We only had three movies. That was it. Jack Frost was the last one. But since it's the end of the year, it's the last episode. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't know this was the last episode of the year. What? So we didn't know this was the last episode of the year. Shh. <laughs> this was <be> special. <laughs> We're giving you a little bit of a Christmas present. Yeah, this is a Christmas present. This is a bonus. This is. This is a little known movie. This movie should get more recognition. And honestly, God. when it came out, it was kind of panned. Really? Like, he got shit on a lot. Why? I don't know. And we'll we'll get into that. Um, this is from 2007. Directed by Adam Wingard. Yes. Now, that's where it becomes really surprising, because Adam Wingard went on to do Your Next, the VHS movies, 
the guest, which is that movie is incredible. <laughs> you know, I'd love to talk about that one day. Oh yeah, um, Blair Witch. Blair Witch, <laughs> and he's soon to be doing Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Like I know he's at least doing a Godzilla movie, but I'm pretty sure he's attached to do Godzilla and King Holy Kong. Holy shit! So the fact that this movie has flown under the radar so much, and he's actually got a couple, like The Worst Way to Die mm. or A Terrible Way to Die, and Pop Skull. He Even made, the guest was kind of under the radar. It was, but it built a pretty big cult following. Though. Yeah. Like, people watching on Netflix were like, ah, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So the fact that this movie flew under the radar as much as it has is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Because it's the first, like, first feature film of a director who has gone on to do pretty big things, as well as Death Note. He did do Death yes. Note as well, which... But, like, people, people didn't like that. <laughs> people didn't like that. Like I, of course I haven't seen it yet, so I can't judge anything. A lot of people hate shit all over it because it was from the, it was not as accurate to the books or the show. As, yeah, which I can understand. But they, they told him to take like a multiple multiple episode series and make it into a movie. Yeah, that's always a difficult thing. But and I watched part of it, and there was some problems. Of course, you know there was some like I could I could see where people were coming from. Um, but this is from 2007, 10 years ago. Jesus. And this is Homesick. This movie, if you have not watched it or heard about it, is absolute batshit. What I would recommend is turning this podcast off, as much as I hate saying that, because we love you when listening to us. Please listen to us. Go to Amazon. Find the Synapse release of Homesick. Buy that shit. Buy it and watch it. I have always really, 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 really liked this movie. Yes. Like, it's always been, like, one of those, like, you know, on on the Pure Cinema podcast, they always talk about the Handshake Five, mm-hmm. which are not necessarily your five favorite movies, but five movies that you really love that when you find somebody, you're like, have you seen Homesick? And if they haven't, you're like, you gotta watch Homesick. Or if they have seen Homesick, you're like, awesome, and you shake <laughs> hands, you know? <laughs> That's the Handshake. That's kind of what the Handshake Five is, you know? And Homesick has always been one of my Handshake Five. Oh, yeah. Because it's just the weirdest, bizarre ideal, and it truly shows Wingard's, like, vision and what he could be. Yeah, and what he came to be. Because it's so creative and strange that, like, it lives in its own world, and that's awesome. But I guess we probably should give the plot of Homesick. Good luck. So, it involves a group of what? What do we have? We have one, two, three, four... Just say a group of teenagers. Well, they're not teenagers; well, they're young adults. adults. Yeah, whatever. I think there's like five of them. Five. Okay. And uh, one of them, who is Claire, has coming back from L.A. to her hometown, which I'm not sure where this movie takes place. I know it's somewhere in the south because of the whole Johnny character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're having this party for her, right? But she kind of doesn't want to be there. You know, she's you know, there's a lot of hints that like. She had a tough time in California. Yeah. And that, like, this is, like, not necessarily a nice homecoming. It's more of, like, she failed and has to come back kind of thing. But they throw this party for her, and it's kind of awkward and odd. And her, I guess it's her boyfriend, or I guess her want-to-be boyfriend. Yeah. um, Is outside smoking with her, kind of being like, hey, we don't have to do this. You know, we can ditch. When all of a sudden, someone walks past them into the house. They go upstairs, and one of the greatest characters in the history of film, Tim, <laughs> is like, there's some old man in my bathroom. 
And out comes none other than Mr. Bill Mosley. Yeah. Who's amazing. But I feel like the reason why he's in this movie is because he... It was the whole Devil's Rejects hype train. Oh, sure, yeah. That it, it didn't really go as far into, like, very popular movies. But he got a ton of cameo work. Yeah. Which, this is a cameo, but this is honestly his best cameo. Because he actually plays a very important role. In the movie. As well as Tiffany Shepis and Tom Tells. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, shit on this movie because it came out in a time where cameos were abundant. You know what I mean? Like, there was a ton of movies, like, starring Felicia Rose, David Hess, Reggie Bannister, Angus Scrim. Like, this would be the whole cast list. And each one of them would have, like, a minute. You know? So I think that kind of led to it being shed upon a little bit as well. Yeah. But anyways, so he's Mr. Briefcase. Mr. Yeah. And he comes in, and he sits down, and he opens his briefcase, and he hits a b- briefcase filled with razor blades. <sighs> and he asks them to name somebody they hate. But the way he does, the way he does it, he's so happy. He's about it. he's joyful. He's like, he's like, who do, who do you hate? And he's like, uh, uh, my boss. He's like, ah, keeping you down. I get it. You know. And he takes one now and starts slashing his skin yeah. with it, like deep. And shit, he cuts bro. himself once for every person they name. And each of those people get to be picked off one by one by some kind of strange force in very gruesome, gory ways. My God. And that wouldn't be a problem except for Tim, in a fit of anger, named everybody in the room. And and at that point, they're, they're effed. They're effed. So now they got to find a way to stop this force from taking them all out one by one. So I first heard of Homesick... Through uh, Don May Jr., he was yeah. on Dead Pit, and he was talking about how he really, really liked the movie, and he thought Adam Wingard was a very good director. Ironically, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, said he was a very, you know, like he really liked the movie, and they were kind of helping him through post production because of the, they kind of ran out of funding for the movie, mm-hmm. and they kind of showed it at a festival in a work in progress. Don liked it, sent out, picked it up, put some money into it to finish it up. Yeah. And uh, I watched the trailer and uh, was like, I want to see this movie. <laughs> so my first convention ever was a Friday Night Film Fest in Louisville, Kentucky in 2017, which I would not recommend you going to that convention nowadays. But <laughs> um, <Well. coughs> I bought it, took it home and watched it. And from that moment, I was like, this movie's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and why this movie's awesome is because there's nothing like it. No. It doesn't feel like it takes place in reality. Like, way before you start seeing this giant son of a bitch rip people to shreds, (laughs) it doesn't feel like it takes place in the real world. Like, Tim and Devin. Every character in this movie are off in their own way. They're just bizarre. Like, truly weird. Like, Tiffany Shepard's character constantly does lines of coke. Yeah, and she's cracked out of her head constantly. And, of course, what, what was their names again? Tim and Devin. They are insane. Two of my absolute favorite, like, in like, cult cinema characters. It's like... Right up there with Bone Crusher from Debbie to Dawn with me. <laughs> oh, Bone Crusher. You know, like, and they're kind of similar to that, and they're just, they're always kind of wide-eyed. They're like... It's like if you mix the Manson family yeah. with the family from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Like, Devin just shows up randomly where Tiffany Shepard works, and like, you know that guy where Tim gets his drugs from? I went to go get some shit, and he's dead. And Tiffany's like, wow, that's weird. And she's like, looks away for a second, turns back, and he's just walking off, 
putting shit in his damn jacket and just taking off. Yeah. And that's Devin. Like, Devin just comes out of nowhere. He has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> he just comes in and steals the show, really. Yeah. Like, Tim and Devin, like, he's got a lot of guns, <laughs> you know? Oh. And it all culminates in this absolutely insane finale that honestly is hurt by its budget a little bit because you feel as though they 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 weren't able to quite capitalize on the ending the way they wanted to it kind of just ends abruptly but they still do a great job of kind of like <clears throat> it, it i would not compare it to texas chainsaw in that like it's unfair to compare any movie to texas chainsaw cuz to me that's the greatest horror movie ever made i mean it's another but it's another one of those movies like kind of in the same vein of Texas Chainsaw where it's like you can't really compare it to anything. Yeah. And also because it becomes completely unhinged in the last half of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like they go to Johnny's house, which is Tim's uncle dad. Ugh. And Ugh. he arms them and then they're just going, like it just goes ape shit. Yeah. But yeah, I really, really, really like Homesick. I've always really liked Homesick. And I think if you're into but weird cult cinema, it is a must watch. And also, a lot of people may be asking, John, mm-hmm. is, okay, what is it, what's this movie have to do with Christmas? It takes place on Christmas. Yes. Yep. And there's Christmas lights and shit in the yep. movie as well. Yep. But my God, this is a movie, as soon as you watch it, you will not forget it. Because... There's so many scenes in this movie that just go off the wall. Yeah. And, like, there's so many memorable moments in it, too. Like, right from the very beginning with Bill Mosley and Mr. Briefcase. Yeah. Like, his whole scene is just incredible. Bill, Bill Mosley is one of the most underrated actors He's of great. Time. Like, the fact that he did not get more, like, lead roles after Devil's Rejects is ridiculous. Because Devil's Rejects, he's one of the best characters in that entire He's movie. amazing. Otis is one of the greatest horror characters of all time. Yeah. He didn't get anything from it. And this may just be a cameo, but like I said, like it's so it, good. Yeah. And it plays such an important role in the movie that it does not bother me at all. I don't think there's anything wrong with having cameos from big names, but when you market your movie solely on that and it's not a good movie. I mean, this, this movie was not necessarily marketed on Bill Mosley's name, though, was it? Well, it definitely was like Bill Mosley, Tom Tolls, Tiffany Shepard, and. Yeah, but it's because yeah, they're they, the names, you know. They play important parts in the movie. They all play roles. You know what I mean? Like it's they're not just cameos. They actually like do something. Like in the if movie. you took the character of Mr. Briefcase on the movie, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. The movie don't work. Tiffany Shepard is one of the main. And characters if you picked anybody movie. but Bill Mosley to be Mr. Briefcase, that scene wouldn't work. No, because he does such a good job. He he does such a great job. Like it may be a small role, but he's like Bill Mosley makes that work. There's so like like he sets a tone. In that movie. And when it's set, like, it's on. The more that I've watched horror movies over the last little bit, the more I realize there's so many people that are so good in these movies that didn't get to do much of anything. Like Jeffrey Combs, Bill Mosley, Tom Tolls. What what was the guy's name from Christmas Evil? The lead guy? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember his name. Him. He's awesome. The guy that plays Harry. Yeah, he does a great job. And, like, I know, I know this guy went on to do a shit ton of stuff, but in the, in the horror genre alone, he should have done a lot more. That's mm-hmm. Clint Howard. Clint Howard. Yeah, Clint Howard Holy is awesome. Shit, he's true. great. He sells that movie. He's so good, yeah. But in this one, like, like he's, like, he's going crazy, and he, like you said, he's all happy and upbeat and smiling. And then as he, like, there's just this random-ass scene right before he leaves where he's got his briefcase in his jacket and he's covered in blood. 
and like Tiffany Shepard's character, who he was holding the whole time, is yeah. like crying, and he's like, "I hear that lonesome whistle blowing, and I know it's time to go." You know, yeah, like he starts, he just walks out. and he's like, "Merry Christmas," and he just walks out, and you're like, "Uh, <laughs> what the hell just happened?" And then you find out what happened, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, the movie does this great thing where like the opening is a kill scene, an awesome kill scene. Oh yeah. Which that's another thing. The gore in this movie is fantastic. As as where I feel like a lot of our budget may have went mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, the the gore is insane. It's really good gore. There's a scene where the guy gets curb stomped. Yeah, and it looks great. It it's what it's a scene that makes the curb stomp from American American History X look almost minuscule, right? Because he just stomps him constantly, like his head just like splattering. I would still give American History X one the nod, of course, because it's way more disturbing. <laughs> yeah, remember cover that movie? Probably will one day. Okay. I mean, I know it's really mainstream, but I mean, how can you not put American History X on the disturbing list? Yeah, I mean, like I understand what you're talking about because that that scene is disturbing as shit. Yeah, but this one is way brutaler. Like it's so gory. Yeah, he's. Continuously stomps his head to its bush. It's like it's like Adam Wingard and them were like, you know what would be awesome if we did the curb stop scene from American History <laughs> X, but we don't cut away. <laughs> you know, like we show it in gory detail. Like recently, we were working on a short film for one of our friends. Mm-hmm. With and we used the scene with the watermelon and we smashed it. Yeah, looks brutal as shit. Yeah, imagine that, but like with detailed face effects. Yeah, just stomping the shit out of it. It, the gore in this movie is really, really strong. Yeah. Like, each kill is is brutal, super gory, you know, and, like, to me, like, it, that that work makes the movie work. Mm. You know what I mean? Because the characters are strange and weird, and that carries the in-between scenes, and then you get the gore on top of it, and it's like, well, shit, this is really good, you know? It's a movie that deserves so much more recognition than it's got right now. Like I think it got lumped in with a lot of independent films that banked off big names, and a lot of those movies were not very good. You know, yeah. I can think of like uh, Zombageddon or something like that that had like thirty something cameos. Good lord! You know, and it got lumped into movies like that where it was like they banked off these people's names, but they weren't good movies. Where this is a very good movie. And it just happens to have a couple big names in it. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. But like I said, could you imagine, like, yeah, I know you want more of Bill Mosley, but the Mr. Briefcase isn't needed throughout the entire movie, right? He only needs to make one appearance. However, if that was anybody but Bill Mosley, I don't think it would have worked. No. Because, I mean, Bill Mosley, with every character he's been given in, like, the last, except for maybe... Bullhead ass from <laughs> Zona <Zonadana> Three. <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> he takes the ball and runs with it. Yeah, because especially if you gave him something to work with. Yeah, and Mister Briefcase is a character that he can work with. Yeah, because he don't you don't know a lot about him. You don't know anything about him. He's just a guy that shows up with a briefcase full of razor blades. You don't know why he showed up. You don't know why he picked them. I mean, it's a lot of it's left to like speculation. Yeah, and he's got the scars up and down his arms, oh, so yeah. you know that he's done this more than once. Like, this is not something he's done only done. This is not the first time he's done this. And he has these super white teeth. Yeah. That makes it work, too, because he's... And, like, there's like the you could tell that Wingard was going somewhere as a director. Because uh, yeah. the way he shoots this movie in certain scenes is like, yeah, this is awesome. Because, like, there's a scene where they're watching him, like, walk past him into yeah. the room, and it's like he's floating. Like, it's not like he's walking. He's, like, he's gliding forward. 
It's so odd. It's so good, man. This movie, in a lot of ways, is very like creepy too, because like a lot of the tension built building. Yeah, I would not say this movie's a comedy. No, no way. But there's so many bizarre characters and moments that it is funny at times. Yeah. It's like, almost like a bizarre way of having comedic relief. Like Tim and Devin, Holy to me, shit. are the perfect example of that. Even the, like, you even showed me, like, even the guys who put up the DVD were like, yeah. Yeah, they, there's a little, like, postcard of Tim and Devin yeah. in the side of it. Synapse knew who the stars of this movie were. <laughs> I mean, they're so, they're so good. Everyone does a great job in this movie. Where's Candace? I, I don't know. I haven't seen her. And he leans his head down. He doesn't know where Candace is. <laughs> well, that's not good. He leans back up. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They're great. I love Tim and Devin in this movie. Also, whenever Tom Tolles is introduced, how oh, bad shit he gets. God, yeah. He's insane in this movie. They're, like, they're running around with guns and shit. He's like... Put the gun down! And, oh, what have I done? You know? Then he just lets him do it again. Yeah, then he just goes, ah! It reminds me of like a House Thousand Corpses, Texas Chainsaw kind of movie where yeah. the last ha- the last 30 minutes of that movie goes absolutely ballistic. And then when our monstrous killer shows up, he has like things from like pumpkin head. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Whenever it comes out, you're like, oh, shit. Like, what is that? It's a behemoth. You know, I could, I could, I could understand the argument that maybe some people would be like, it's kind of messy. I mean, and it is. There is some editing issues, and I think a lot of it comes they didn't shoot enough. Yeah, like stuff with the killer. Someone like you know, kind of a spoiler alert. This demon shows up at the end of it. At times, you're like, what is this? And then you're kind of put two and two together. Like, oh, I guess that was the the killer. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they they could have made that a little more. I, mean, I, I got it, but. Like, maybe they're struggling with it, and they pull the mask off, and he's like, Wah, you know? Because <laughs> he literally just kind of just walks out of a room. <laughs> oh, God, look at him. And he's like, he's so fucking big. <laughs> it's a babe. And you're like, uh. <laughs> so the movie the movie does kind of get a little messy yeah, at little times. Bit, yeah. And, like, there's the whole thing where, like, the person that Claire mentioned, like, mm-hmm. named, like, puts these sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, and like attacks the guy, and it's like, what the hell, you know? But in in its messiness, I think it works immensely. Oh, oh, of course. And to me, this is a very, very underrated horror flick. This movie, this movie, flew under the radar. Yeah, like when I first watched it, I was like, I like this movie, right? And then I listened yeah. to like Dead Pit review it, and they did not really care for it. So I rewatched it, and I was like. I still like this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've, every time I watch, I'm like, I like this movie, man. And honestly, it was what made me like when I heard like when Your Next like came out. I was like, the guy did Homesick, Wingard, hell yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved Homesick. And Your Next is also a really good movie. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. We're about out of battery. Oh shit. Yeah. So uh, we oh, both. Oh shit! It's Pac Man. <laughs> <laughs> we both highly recommend Homesick. Uh yeah. Well, I recommend all these movies, to be honest with you. But. So I hate to abruptly end this, but we definitely have low battery. But before we end it, let's talk about 2018 real quick. Yeah, oh, yeah. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a bunch of new albums from my favorite artists. And also, I'm looking forward to hopefully a better year than this year. Well, don't. I mean, I'm not going to put any, any like promises on it. Don't bank on that. <laughs> also, something I'm looking forward to is the projects of our, our homie, well, I don't think he really even knows that we exist. It's Dustin Mills. Dustin Mills, absolutely. I'm looking forward to his new projects. Uh, here's some things I'm looking forward to. Dustin Mills and stuff, of course. 
Rain Architect's new album. Yes, of course. Uh, Ron Gallo's new album. Yes. That guy I just got into. And the releases of Serbian Film. Mm-hmm. Deadbeat at Dawn, coming from Arrow. And uh, if finally that Blu-ray of The Begotten hits. Yeah, also, have you seen like some of the music that's been dropping next year? Mm-hmm. Ministry's dropping a new album. Which, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, Ministry's awesome. Pig Destroyer. Awesome. I mean, there's so many other bands that will be dropping albums next year that I probably don't even know about yet. Pick one thing that relates to the podcast movie-wise that you hope happens next year. The survey film release. For well, you know that's year. happening. Oh, something I hope happens? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah. I have two. Okay. Which is cheating, because I said one. Okay, that's fine. But... One, Muzaney finally gets an American release oh, with subtitles. Yeah. And two, a movie comes out that tops a Serbian film. Oh, I, I hope so. You know. Yeah, that for sure is definitely one I'm on. And another one, I'm, I just don't, there's so many other movies, maybe like a release, a, a lot of movies that, how about this? A lot of movies that haven't got a major release yet. Or good releases. Their re- yeah. Like Men Behind the Sun. Yes, get yeah. their get their day in the, the sun. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Um, so that's that's it. That's the Christmas episode. That's 2017. It's been yes. a good year as far as this podcast goes. Terrible year, other ways. <laughs> Very. Um, contact us on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Sick on Cinema. Our email as well. Sick on Cinema at Gmail dot com. Facebook Sick on Cinema. And uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. And for 2017. You have been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on Cinema. 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 Cinema.